Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am very happy that you guys are here with us today. I am also, um, uh, let's just say, moderately happy that <laughs> Mr. Dean Holland is here today. Welcome to the show, Dean. <laughs> you don't have to lie. I could tell that tone of voice. You've waited all week for this. Dean, if you like pull me out of character, then people are going to find out that I really have feelings and I've been lying this whole time about being unemotional. So just please <laughs> knock it off. Hey, if you're not careful, I'll tell everyone that you validated something I said earlier this week. And, and no, somebody like, hacked my Facebook. That's just... what that was. <laughs> yeah, it was the dog. <laughs> it was. It was Louie. Louie <laughs> took over my Facebook and uh, somehow or another, he, he decided to comment and validate one of your posts. Well, I don't care where it comes from. I'll take it. <laughs> Good. Well, uh, Dean, as you know, uh, we have a uh, we have a really awesome guest here on the show yes. today. We've got Nicholas Bailey, who is not only a good friend of mine, but he's got an amazing program uh, called Billion Dollar Brotherhood, where he's helping uh, tons of guys, business guys, entrepreneurs, really find um, not just their path to success in business, but in relationship, fitness spirituality, like all these different areas of their life and helping them to become a three-dimensional uh, businessman. Nicholas, welcome to the show, man. Hey, guys. I'm so grateful to be here. I think you guys are absolutely hilarious. And and for everyone who's listening, like, congrats for listening to people that really model the life that you want. These guys are absolutely amazing, even though they're hilarious. And my life was shifted from people just like this. And it didn't take a million shows. It took that one show. So hopefully this can be the show for them. Well, I think well, we can just end the show there. That is uh, enough... Uh, great compliments. That is it. We're out of here. I think that's our shortest show to date. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs> Take that testimonial, put it on your guys' website and you guys are good to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so amazing. Cool. Thank you for those words. It is cool to be here uh, amongst friends. Nicholas, well, you know, you, you talk about, uh, obviously Dean's not a friend, but the producers <laughs> make me say that for the show. Nicholas, you talk a lot about uh, in your programs this concept of the three-dimensional businessman. I don't think I gave it justice in the intro. Can you kind of tell everybody what you mean by that? Yeah, I was just kind of trying to figure out, like, I, I coached 600 guys one-on-one -on -one over five years, and I was just trying to always figure out, like, what was the commonalities and what would make their life basically like a superhuman, like what would make all their dreams come true? And I was thinking, man, everyone's living this one-dimensional lifestyle. Every networking event I go to, if I can't help them out in business right then, or if I can't give them value right then or connect them to someone right then, they just write me off. I was in masterminds where I didn't know 60% of the people because I couldn't benefit them right now. And I thought, man, that's so one-dimensional. I almost looked at our relationship like a pinky swear, like that's how tight our relationship was. And as soon as you pull your two pinkies apart, you can break it. 
And so when I looked at the guys that we were coaching over and over again, their life was out of order. And we put it in health, mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional, which is the top category of three-dimensional wealth and then relationships. And we break those down. I realized that when we put them in the correct order, everything shifted in their life. And so for me, I just looked at it as, man, this encompasses the top three priorities. Normally men don't have a problem with their life because they're ignoring their top three priorities. It's usually because they let priority four, five, six, and seven that don't matter get in the way of those other priorities. And by priority real quick, I mean what comes in order of importance, not what takes the most amount of time or else sleep would be like everyone's top priority. But I know James, you have your your ring on. So I know you're probably pretty jazzed about talking about sleep. <laughs> well, I am. Sleep uh, Sleep is one of my highest priorities now. No, it's uh, all right. You you brought it up. So I've got this aura ring. If you guys haven't checked it out, you should. Um, it's really, really cool because it it monitors your, your deep sleep, your REM sleep. Um, when you're awake at night, your resting heart rate, heart rate variability, all these different things. And here's the crazy thing. Um, so so you you know sometimes you go to bed and you're like okay I got you know six hours or seven hours or eight hours or whatever it is right and that is your crude measure of success for how well am I sleeping and so I didn't change the amount of time that I spend sleeping very much but I saw that I wasn't getting as much deep sleep as I wanted and so I started figuring out all right well how can I optimize my deep sleep and just check this out so just doing two things unplugging the Wi-Fi right before I go to bed. And not being on my phone or my computer for like an hour before I go to sleep, that quadrupled the amount of deep sleep that I was getting every night. And and I wake up Ooh. feeling way more refreshed now just from like those two little things. So you guys can joke about my ring, my precious, <laughs> if you want to. But it's totally, yeah, it's totally helped me stay on top of my game. So you think it's legit? Oh, 100% legit. There's no question about it. Hmm. Yeah. It's, and I like, because I'm split testing all these different things now, right? Like, you know, that as nerds do. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, well, if I change this, how does that impact it? If I change this, and obviously there's a lot of variables, but I'm kind of testing these major ones. I think it's just some days you drink a lot more whiskey than others. Oh, dude, I don't even think I've had anything to drink in probably like two months. Oh, wow. You have changed. I've watched them. I've been with them those two months. It was fairly boring. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good observation. That's our own split test, James. You're just boring now. Yeah, that's right. Except for the prank call where we convinced you that you were going to have to wear ladies' pants at your wedding. That's because you were probably drinking. <laughs> anyway, so Nicholas, like when guys get these priorities right, like what are some of the differences that you've seen? Right, you know, okay, cool. Like it's it's great to talk about you know getting your priorities in order and doing all these things, but I think we're all hungry for leveling up and better results and all that stuff. So what, what's been your experience when you get these priorities right and you shift things to where they actually belong? Yeah. So the first thing is that I've learned from an uh, organization called YPO is like a couple of years ago, they told me, don't teach anything that you haven't done before. So this wasn't something that I like theoretically came up with or something like that. I physically experienced it myself. I had a falling out with my father, even though I'm taking the show way deep here. When I was 13 years old, I remember wanting to be the best motocross racer in the world. And for a kid who like gets all his validation from his dad, and if he feels like, if he feels that his dad would accept him, if he just did well enough, and if he just tried hard enough, then his dad would finally notice him. And I thought that my work ethic was going to get me to get noticed by my dad. So uh, I had a falling out. I gained 60 pounds. I lost all vision. The only thing I wanted to do in my life was taken away from me. And so at that point, like I gave up on everything. I graduated the 1.8 GPA. 
and left high school and a couple years later realized that I hadn't had a girlfriend in seven years. I was overweight and I was failing at every single area that it takes to be a successful businessman. And I'm so grateful that I did. So first I focused on my health. What did I get? Less self-consciousness, more confidence. They got me to go out there and network more. They got me to go reconnect with my father. They got me to feel better about myself because the value that I had for myself was directly related to the way that I was treating myself. Because if I'm valuable, I'm going to treat myself different. I look at a 1990 Honda Civic, and sorry for the Honda lovers out there, but I will never treat it the same as a Ferrari or as an Aston Martin that you got to drive, James, in in, uh, Vegas. Like, I would never treat it the exact same way. Why? Because of the value. Like, without human investment, there is no human appreciation. So when I look at health, it's like the number one foundation, mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional, because of the fact that it, we were given the number one asset in the entire world for free, it's like the worst thing that ever happened to us and the best, because I would hate to see some of these cheap asses like go pick out their body at the beginning of time. They're like, yeah, leave the legs and arms off. I'll be fine. Like, Let's decrease the payments on this thing. So I'm glad that we were given like the number one asset for free. And when we optimize, we gain confidence. And what I saw over time was like, man, when I talk to people like Russell, right? Like you guys work with Russell. It's like he would always talk to me about relationships. And I thought everyone was after money. And then I realized that, man, this guy wants to grow in relationships. And so what I end up seeing is a man who has purpose, who's complete, that walks in confidence and can actually accomplish his destiny. I firmly believe that even you jokesters on here have a destiny and a purpose on the earth. And it's tough to accomplish 100% of that operating at 60% of your potential. Well, even us, Dean, there's hope. You heard it here. There is hope. And I like that. I like a little bit of hope every now and then. (laughs) Are you really sure that there's hope for Dean? Like, I just want to drill into this because I'm a little bit skeptical. Yeah, I'm not sure if the hope thing like goes outside, like to that side of the waters, like on the other side of the ocean, but I'm, I'm firm with America at least. Okay. All right. Well, Dean, your hope is questionable, but but could be possible if you I'm come back over the US. Hanging on. Okay. Hang on to that thread. Um, well, so, so Nicholas, it's interesting that, you know, you kind of talk about lack of fulfillment and stuff because on, on previous uh, conversations that Dean and I have had, you know, we've talked about points in our lives and in our careers where we've generated what we actually thought were really big successes, like financially and business-wise and all that other stuff. And being very one-dimensional in that area, even if you have a tremendous amount of success in that area, is, uh, in in my experience, incredibly unfulfilling. A hundred percent. I mean, that could be taken away as well. And a lot of times the climb to any person you interview that's been a millionaire, billionaire, like whatever it is, maybe a billionaire likes their money quite a bit because it obviously shows. But a lot of times people try to get to this like financial status and then they realize that they sacrifice so many other things to get there. And that's why like my big thing is like hashtag success without sacrifice. I believe that inside of powerful community, you go a lot further. There's Les Brown always talks about geese. Les Brown's pretty freaking hilarious and he's an awesome speaker. So I listened to him and he's like, listen, if a goose flies alone, it can fly a certain distance on the amount of energy. But if a goose flies in a flock, it can fly 70% further on the same amount of work and energy. So my big thing is like surrounding yourself with the right people allows me to kind of like catch the tailwind. And that way that I can have the same type of success without having to waste 70% of the time so that I can go out there and not have sacrifice in the areas that matter like waking up and being divorced three times and being like, well, that was worth it. Like I have $800 million, but I like, my kids hate me. 
So success to me first starts with you, and then it starts with the people closest to you, and then it starts going out from there. Most people look at success as, I'm in my house, everyone hates me here, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to post on social media in a way so that people out there love me while the people next to me feel neglected. And to me, that's not success. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree with that. No, it's kind of ridiculous to neglect what you have right in front of you in favor for things that are far away. And it takes it like I know Elon Musk, like that's that's an example. I really liked his interview. I think he's a cool guy, but I think there's like a better way, right? When I look at like his kids are like, oh, I don't really like him and like family and things like this. I'm like, I wish there was this like thing where I care more about my wife and how she's doing than my business. If she's not doing well and she's unhappy with me, like I will literally burn my entire business to the ground because I just don't care enough about the business because I've listed my priorities, my wife higher than my business. It's uh, it's the same with Dean and his dog, Pablo. <laughs> you had to pause to think about this one, didn't you? <laughs> I did. I was, Pablo. I was... How old's Pablo, bro? Dogs don't live forever. Oh, he does. Pablo will live forever because he exerts exactly zero amounts of energy every day. <laughs> I've, I, in I, fact, until until I got to meet Pablo in person, I swore to God he was just a stuffed dog <laughs> that looked like it was napping on Dean's couch every time we would be on video together. Right. You see, you told the story of, of your dog like not lifting his feet and, and dragging his nails. Like Pablo's nails are now curling round. They're just they're just <laughs> continually growing. He just lies <laughs> on his ass. <laughs> I love how this show has deteriorated so bad. Um, Nicholas is telling us how he cares so much about his wife that he would burn his business to the ground. And now in, in this split second, you and I are comparing our dogs to see whose dog is better. This is brilliant. Brilliant programming today. I'm picturing like a fat, rollied up, like bulldog looking just, dog. You've met Pablo then, I see. <laughs> you nah. also met Dean. <laughs> <laughs> I love my life. Pablo does have the single best <laughs> Instagram handle of all time. Dean, I don't want to steal your thunder on this because it's so good. It's Pablo Escapol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can but, you can definitely check him out. He gets up to some fun stuff. I think he has 42 followers now. Um, it's more than me, uh, but I think I want to come, I actually do want to circle this back to like a real, a real teaching. I think that'd probably be a good idea. You think so? We could keep going down this, this trail just as easily. (laughs) My dog's bigger Uh, than yours. (laughs) Well, he is, he is definitely. Um, anyway, back on track, we go back on track. Where, where do you draw the line, Nicholas, between, um, like you brought up Elon Musk I don't think I ever want to find myself in a position where the people who are closest to me hate me. Too late. In, yeah, in exchange for business success or something. But then you have you do have people who appear to be doing things in this world almost for a greater good. And I'm not necessarily saying that Elon Musk is absolutely one of them, but I think there are people who sort of like their business and their mission transcends making money. How do you balance out those priorities? For people who are like on a mission to make some sort of impact, do you think it there's some sort of trade off there with the amount of time and energy they have to put into doing that relative to uh you know nurturing and kind of 
being that role that everybody expects them to be at home or in their close personal relationships? Yeah. So the the big thing that I look at is that there's always going to be a balance, meaning like there's no real like set point. And this is why I work with businessmen is because it's a lot easier when you go swipe in at nine o'clock in the morning and swipe out at 5 p.m. It's very easy to know how your, how your day is going to go. But when it comes to an entrepreneur or a big project, everything shifts. And so inside of a relationship or inside of like family, there has to be communication around that because it is a lot harder because you're going to be passionate about certain things. And it doesn't mean that you can't go out there and do them. Usually it's like a lack of communication between people. Now, Elon Musk, I only use him because of the influence because I believe with great power comes great responsibility. And for our guys, the way that we believe we're successful is after these guys become a three-dimensional businessman, gain influence and actually start influencing others to do it. So we have influence whether we like it or not. And so when I look at how people are using that influence, that's one thing that I look at. Now, what's way worse is the guy who's neglecting his health family and doesn't do crap with his life, right? At least Elon Musk is out there like transforming the entire way that we do X, Y, Z. Like I have solar on my house. Like I, I don't have a Tesla, but they look pretty freaking cool. Like he's digging tunnels underneath the city in LA to like decrease traffic. So he's doing really cool things. And so no matter what you're going to do, if you're going to do it great, it's going to take a massive amount of work and effort. And I hundred percent am into that. Any type of athlete. I like watching athletes more than I like watching business people usually, because I love that one, there's an actual scoreboard and you can't fake that crap, but also the fact that they put in such hard work. And so I think, again, it's all about the communication, the family going into it, whatever you go into a relationship with, with yourself and with your family, whatever you go into it with is what you're going to have to do to keep them. And so I believe that the, the actual visions communicate the, at the front end and then people understand their role inside of that vision, everything changes. I know for me, if I didn't communicate with Amanda when I'm promoting for my live event and I don't go to bed with her, meaning at the same time every night for 30 days, she'd be pissed. And even she's still like kind of borderline pissed when I do it. But we have a like-minded vision of knowing exactly what I'm trying to do and why I'm trying to do it. And ultimately, it's to create a life that we ultimately want. So it's contributing to that core vision and we know what it takes and why we're doing it. So it allows us to go through those ebbs and flows rather than just having expectations that are left unmet. Why do you think those communication lines break down in so many cases? Like, Because what you're describing sounds, I know, not necessarily easy to do, but it sounds simple to say, Hey, here's what I'm up to. Here's what, you know, the expectation is going to be. And here, like, you know, just kind of communicating, like, here's my mission. Here's my vision for what I'm trying to create and everything else. And get it. you're talking about enrolling people into that mission with you, which I think is great. Why, why do you think that breaks down so often? I think most of the time people are living two different lives in the same house. That's why. The one person has their agenda, what they're trying to do, what the outcome that they're trying to create. And it was never communicated even on the front end. See, for Amanda and I, it's not like everything stayed the same. And I know we're talking about relationship a lot in this. It's because I feel like it kind of trickles down from there to all your other relationships. When when I look at our life, we're not doing what we thought we were going to do seven years ago. So we've had to change throughout this time, but we consistently have communicated that to each other and had this thing where we're like, I'd rather go together and go and accomplish less even. Like even if I, like I don't want to go accomplish without my wife. I just don't even want to. And so when I look at that, that's like the starting point of like, 
what's the non-negotiables that I have in my life? The reason I started a business is because I had a non-negotiable that I didn't want to be away from my wife eight to 10 hours a day. And so I thought, what are all the ways that I can live the life that I want? She was on board with that and that's what made us take action. So I feel like so many times we sacrifice our like core values of why we even did something in the first place and then end up growing apart with two different visions in the same household, waking up one day and going, my goodness, I don't even know who you are anymore. It's because for like five years, you've been growing in completely different directions, becoming completely different people and finally waking up and looking at each other. And so I think it's, it's that whole vision of, I see too many families. We have a podcast and on that podcast, we have a power couple episode and people always ask us like, Oh, power couples, like whatever you guys work together. It must be easy. And I'm like, no power couple isn't working together. That's stupid. A power couple is having a like-minded vision instead of a family using your skills, talents, and abilities and using your best effort to be able to get to that vision. So it doesn't matter if the wife's at home taking care of the kids or the wife's at home as the CEO and the guy's taking it home care of the kids. I don't care what it is. It's having a like-minded vision and using two people's skill sets, mind, talents, and abilities to get there aligned. So I think, I think that's awesome. What yeah. are like some of the really practical first steps, like, let's say maybe it hasn't even reached your conscious level yet that, Hey, my priorities might be out of alignment. I might not be fulfilled, but it's just sort of like this feeling that you've got like, ah, maybe, maybe things could be better. Like what's the first step for somebody who still wants to pursue their business with like a lot of, uh, you know, determination and everything like that and wants to get things balanced out, like practically give us the tips Give us the tips. You got it, man. <laughs> Should we chant, Dean? Ooh. Give us the tips. All right, maybe that's just me. <laughs> I'll take it back to everything I've ever done, man. So I was going to race motocross professionally. I, I once studied coffee and tried to become the best coffee maker in the world. I played golf for a year and a half, uh, and I've done so many random things. And so throughout those times, like the number one thing that I always did was I first looked at who had what I wanted. And so I always, I'm a firm believer that like you, I know that your daughter's trying to play the violin, right? So I'm like, what's the first thing she's going to do? She's going to learn notes and then she's going to go play someone else's music. And then somewhere down the line, she's going to end up playing her own music, hopefully, if she gets to that point. And so at, at the very beginning, you got to look at like who has the life that you want and what feels like super like peaceful to you. And so you're going to learn what were their goals, what are they doing, and, and kind of like glean from them. I did this with motocross. Everyone else in motocross would ride with their normal friends. I always rode with the best, meaning surrounding myself with the best, someone who had something that I wanted. I ended up progressing so much quicker because my mindset was that their talent was my reality. When I golfed, I golfed with a professional golfer every single day for a year. I went from shooting 125, which is terrible to all the way down to one time I shot one over par, all in a year and a half, where most people play golf their entire life with their same buddies who shoot 90. And for 20 years, they shoot 85 to 90 every single golf tournament, every single time they play. So I think the number one thing that you can do is whether it's in relationship, health, business, or a hobby, the number one thing that you can do is go, who has what I want? And how can I get around them? And the easiest thing about that is that if you're passionate and excited about the subject and you want to put in the work, most people that are really successful 
the people they surround themselves with don't want to put in the work as much as they do. So even when they find some zealous person who just wants to learn and grow, I went to the motocross track four days a week. I golfed five days a week. Who did that pro golfer want to golf with? Nicholas, because I actually wanted to go. I never said no. Anytime they said show up, I showed up. And that produced the result that I wanted. I did the same thing in my marriage. I surrounded myself with good marriages. I did the same thing in my business. Surrounded myself with better businesses. Why? Because you're going to always adapt to your environment. So I know if I suck and I'm always going to be the worst person in my environment, I at least want to be around people that make $100 million a year, a billion dollars a year, so that I could be the crappy guy who makes $10 million a year. Because being the crappy guy at that point doesn't suck that much. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's probably one of the most coherent arguments I've ever heard for um, your peer group. That's like it's so important who you surround yourself with, and I think being intentional and deliberate about that is really important. So that's why Nicholas, I just like to uh, formally request that you be my new podcast co-host. <laughs> um, it just occurred to me that I'm doing this all wrong. Yeah, well, ch- check this out, dude. Real quick, I, I got to go on this rant now. <laughs> so. Like when we talk talk about peer group, it sounds so simple, but the majority of things in in success or life, they're simple, just not easy. And so there's a a lion pride. I heard this from this one guy once and and I researched it and it is true. There's a pride in Africa. Most lions are 400 pounds. And so there's this pride in Africa that went to the Congo, which is like the third most intense big rainforest in the world. And there's these hippos. These hippos are like the craziest creatures. They look cute, right? Like People say that hippos are so cute. They're the most dangerous animal in all of Africa. Mm. And so they researched and followed this pride of lions. And over the years of living in the Congo, meaning their environment was tough, difficult, they learned from it. And the pride of lions that they're in has kept them alive. They've gained 150 pounds. So these lions are now 550 pounds due to adaptation of environment and the other lions they surround themselves with. They picked up skill sets where they started swimming they climb trees to hunt. And at the very end of this whole video documentation on these, uh, this pride of lions, they actually eat and hunt hippos. Now, wow. the only pride of lions that does it. Why? Because of the lions they surround themselves with and the environment that they put themselves in that wasn't easy, that consistently made them adapt and grow. And so I always tell people, like, if you have a hippo-sized vision or something like that in your life, like it's not, one, you're not going to be able to do it alone. Two, it's going to take that constant environment shift with the right people to be able to go take down that vision. Yeah, that's awesome. So be a fat lion or be or be the dog, you know, in Dean's freaking office that just sits there all day. Like you freaking choose because he's famous too on Instagram. So whatever, it all works. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And he's happy. His surroundings, like the floor. He's <laughs> does he really have an Instagram though? Because I've been trying to look him up while I'm talking and I have not done he Pablo does. He Escopar. does. Escopar. E-S-C-O-P-A-W. I don't know how to spell it. I didn't. I, I haven't actually had anything to do with it other than taking some stupid pictures. <laughs> don't. Wait a second here. We need to, we need to correct. What kind of pictures? <laughs> some awesome pictures. Thank you. Like, in defense of Pablo, for the love of God. Is he the one that's um, with the Pope or no? Uh, <laughs> not last time. Sure. Yeah. Let's just let's just go with that to keep the show moving along. That Pablo hangs out with the Pope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It says uh, Pope Francis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be him. Yeah, yeah. He's probably there now. Just hanging yeah, out. he's out. Of, he's down in Vatican City this week. <laughs> um, 
helping out with just, a few things. Just popped over for some pizza. Yeah, I think he wears one of those hats as well <laughs> that the Pope wears. So the, I, he has some competition because Pablo Escapaw also is a cat with an underscore. Mm. And yeah, he's looking pretty, I don't know, drugged out for sure. So I think he fits in the family. <laughs> nice. <laughs> there we go. So, so Nicholas, I think the, uh, I don't know if this is an obvious question, but I think this topic when you hear about like oh like go hang out with the pro golfer go hang out with the billionaire or go like hang out with people who are doing the thing and they're really really good at it and you can you know be part of that community go on just the tips go on just the tips yeah i mean that's what it's all about so like what i feel like at the beginning unless you've done this a few times the idea of breaking out of your existing peer group and finding and seeking out those people who are more in line with what you're trying to, how you're trying to grow in your own journey. I feel like that is, is a a massive amount of friction for most people when they're trying to get that like first instance of being around people. I think once you get into it, you realize that it's not all that difficult to meet these people, but can you kind of give people some practical ways of, of doing that? Okay, I'll answer the question as long as you promise that at the end, Dean can ask me a question too. Because Dean, he's right. You've been so silent this whole time, man. You've been laughing. Well, what and actually happens about is, this is a whole different thing to what anyone thinks. I keep texting James the questions, and then he just conveys them in a better way than I would put them. Dang, James. He just totally took all the credit for all the questions. Dean is telling me to ask this question right now. Oh, I'm not supposed to read that part of the text. Sorry. <laughs> so the question, the question was, you know, if you, if you've never done this before and you've been maybe hanging out with the same people, let's, let's take it real far. You've been hanging out with the same people since you've been 14 because they've been your core people. You still don't live in the same city, but every once in a while you guys meet on Xbox and you guys chat on there. And then other than that, you go to work, you come home or you run your business and you come home and those are the only people you talk to. You've been living in a new city for three years and you've never met anyone new. You've been living out of your home city for 10 years and you've never made one friend. So let's go with that. So for, this is for anyone who's out there that's just like that. So when even when I went to college, just so people know, this is why I think surrounding yourself with people and asking good questions, uh, the most successful people always ask great questions, is because you want to know like the reality of what other people went through. Like one of the most like uh, like biggest diseases is believing that we're so unique that no one else has ever been through our problem before. Like, oh, no one else has ever felt this before, so no one else can give me any advice on how to get over it. And so for me, I was at a college where I was at for two years unaccredited, and I hardly made any friends. Why? I hated meeting new people. And then I moved down to San Diego, and for two and a half years, I got stuck carpet cleaning to be able to pay my bills and to provide for my father. And I didn't make one friend, two and a half years. And so that, but most people look at me now and they go, oh, like you're confident when you say this and blah, 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 blah. But no, like I legitimately didn't like meeting new people at all. And so the way that I took it first off is kind of like how I took talking on the phone. Cause I imagine not liking meeting new people and then having to actually help people on the phone. Like you don't even know what they look like now, let alone know who they are. And so when I would do a sales call, let's say, the first thing I would do is break the ice with someone that I knew. I would call someone that I knew and I would have a good conversation that I didn't get rejected with. And then after I hung up the phone, I would already be in this like little bit of momentum of being on the phone. So I'd call someone new. 
And so the same thing that happened with that, I started going out there and just making a connection with just someone that was easy first. Once I made the connection with someone that was easy, it made me less scared to go out there and maybe go to a networking group or to maybe find that one friend that I did know that I did trust that had an in. I, I firmly believe that pretty much everyone you're looking to connect with, at least to grow enough to be able to get out there, you're only going to be one connection away. So ask yourself, who's that one person you know that has been doing things right? And do you like them? Like have a conversation with them and then see maybe if you can go with them to go meet some of their friends or get invited to some type of event. Try to use some area of, of a place where you feel confident if that's what you're scared about. So if you're good at soccer and your friend plays soccer on Saturday nights with successful people, at least you have an anchor of confidence where you're not just a complete fish out of water. Plus you have a one connection. I remember doing this. Every single thing I've done has been one connection basically. So when I was 18 years old, I wanted to stop hanging out with all these losers. Sorry if they're listening. And I remember having one friend who seemed different. He seemed like his his life was different. He seemed like he had more vision for his life. He was doing something powerfully. And so I started surrounding myself with him. And naturally, I just started floating into his friend groups. After that friend group, like I remember I wanted to grow in motocross. Like I used my one connection that I had and met someone. The same thing with business. I remember I had a 17-year-old that I connected with. And he's 17, so he's easy to talk to. You know, I'm not like afraid of a 17-year-old. And he ended up knowing Jay Abraham. And the way I got to meet him was like through that connection. He invited me to dinner. I'm like, well, I know this guy. Like it feels comfortable because, you know, I know him. So I can talk to him worst case scenario. And so almost every single connection that I've had has come through first having one friend that had access and then build momentum for those people that are really, really scared. Do it one step at a time because I guarantee you that once you have one tiny breakthrough, you start building momentum. It's indecision that really kills us because then we get this like huge, massive clog as if like the first time we do something, we have to knock it out of the park. Screw that. One foot in front of the other. Make one phone call. Talk to one friend. Go outside. Talk to that person in front of you. Have an easy conversation and build your confidence as you go. Mm. Nice. Like you don't have to connect with Floyd Mayweather tomorrow if you're a boxer. Like, I played with a pro golfer. I didn't play with Tiger freaking Woods. You know what I'm saying? Like just the an expert is just someone who's better than you. So just always consistently be around people that are just a little bit better than you in the area you want to grow. And then remember the people that you want to help as well and like help them out. But you know, I've, I've focused more on making sure I'm surrounded by good people. I love it. So Dean, evidently this is your turn to ask a question without putting it uh, in my earpiece. Uh, Do you have anything you'd like to ask? <laughs> I actually have nothing. <laughs> See, Nicholas, this is why this happens. All the good way. questions today. I really messed up on this one. <laughs> uh, hit me with something random off the top of the head, man. Like something controversial, something not controversial. You know, you can poke fun at the fact that I was sixty pounds overweight and wore a sweatshirt every single day. Well, I can't do that because I'm like overweight now, and I've already planned to go to Hooters for chicken wings in a minute. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'll, I'll avoid that one. Okay, who do you prefer, Dean or James? Okay, no, don't it's controversial. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be James because I know him better. If you like the blunt answer, that's also like the same reason not to like James is because you know him better. <laughs> I actually really like James. I was just actually hanging out with someone who knew him the other day, and I was like, you know what? I really like James. 
And they were like, yeah, he's a cool guy. They were probably thinking about a different <laughs> James. That's probably what it was. I think I think it's safe to say that question totally backfired on Right, but our random Voxer fans um, have a different argument, so I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah, we get random Voxes from people uh, who are like, hey, we love the show. Hey, I'm still not leaving until Dean drops something on me. I'm like, I don't know if it's going to happen. Like, I'm, I might have to. You, would you like me to suggest a question for you to ask Nicholas? <laughs> yeah, Dean? please do. No. Go for it. <laughs> i'm not i'm not giving you a suggestion i hate you this is way this is way more fun this way i don't ever come to this show prepared <laughs> dean dean brings a special brand of humor sarcasm and wit to the show just bring good looks well and that's and that is why we do a, a, a audio only podcast <laughs> um because is- i don't i don't think we'd want to frighten our right. guests you know right at one point, this, this stuff is how I like actually frustrate like the people around me and my wife and make them feel uncomfortable. Is like I'll do this in public, like with random people that we'll be talking to, and I'm like, I'm not leaving until this happens. <laughs> and then my wife's like, "What?" Like I once wanted a bowl from a restaurant, and I was like, "I love this bowl." I was like, "I wonder if I can buy it from them." <laughs> and so they took it back, and they're like, "Sir, like you can't buy this bowl from us." I was like, "Come on, a hundred bucks?" They're like, "No, sir." I was like, "A thousand bucks." <laughs> like, come on what's it gonna take i was like don't these bulls break all the time like technically i could just add more to your tip and just say that it broke <laughs> i'm like what's it gonna take like there's gotta be something ah it's frustrating you know what you know what the major problem was you didn't find out who one of the best world-class bull buyers was right. and hang you out surrounded with yourself first. with the wrong people yeah you yeah. were surrounding yourself with people who didn't buy bulls <laughs> at restaurants <laughs> And that uh, yeah. that made it harder. See, for I've you. always surrounded myself if with I people would've... that would have just took the bowl. <laughs> I love how you've included yourself in the surrounding of those people. <laughs> like, like I was one of those people who would have just taken the bowl. <laughs> it's, it's not that hard when the country that you live in is only populated by like eight people. Right. That's true. Yeah. Sorry. Seven of which, it. seven of which are the queen and her family. Right. You mean grandma? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, Nicholas, when uh, when people want to um, dig into the Billion Dollar Brotherhood and find out more about what you're doing, like I, I love the idea that you guys are helping guys who are successful become, honestly, just better people in general. I feel like you have a message help- if you really can have it all. Yeah, I think was that's that a great way to put it. No, that was a statement ends in a in a slightly higher tonality that leads you to maybe believe it was a question, therefore satisfying my obligations of being here today. Thank you, Dean. I think that uh, that's just a cultural thing, Nicholas. It's not actually a question. It's just tonality <laughs> of the British accent that sounds like uh, a question. But but I think I, honestly, I think that that's actually a major contribution. Thanks, James. You're welcome, Dean. People believe that they have to sacrifice one thing for another. And I think if anything we're hearing today, your message is that's really limited thinking because you don't have to. You can have it all, just like Dean said. And you, there's, a, there's a way to do that. A hundred percent, man. I, I look at what's going on around the world and I see guys that are depressed like me. Like The reason why our guys connect with us is two reasons. And everyone can take this for their business too. 
We have a mission and vision that's bigger than a product or service. People want to jump on the freaking train because they know what we're going to accomplish. The second thing is that they connect with my story. Like it wasn't like something made up or some crap. Like this is from working with 600 men, figuring out all their issues, like figuring out what would make them successful and what would give them longevity. And first, God used me as like a test dummy or something. And freaking I failed at all of them. So, you know, it's like, I'm like a test dummy for this whole thing. And, and yeah, it's pretty cool to be on the other side now, be able to help these guys out. And, and dude, to be honest, everyone in my community knows, like, I'm not the one who makes it good. Like, we just bring in the best people. You know, if I, if I talk about that five people you surround yourself thing or getting the best people around you, I'm not that guy, right? Like, I can't be the best at everything. And so really, mm. I, I would stay away from places that try to be the best at everything, not companies, but people. Because there's not every single little thing I can be the best at. So that's why we bring in the best. Awesome. So uh, so where where can people find out more info about Billion Dollar Brotherhood and connecting with you? Yeah, they have to go through Dean on what's it called? Voxer? Yeah. So yeah. Right. just send Dean a Voxer and say, how the heck do I connect with this? And then I'll tell Dean, like, you can't join until he asks me a question. <laughs> Perfect. And uh, bonus bonus points if, they, uh, if this is their Voxer to Dean. <laughs> so... Yeah, <laughs> but Instagram's awesome, man. I, I think Instagram's great. Uh, I really want to make sure that you know people can see the behind the scenes of a life. I think social media has been so cool lately with the fact that it brings like transparency to people's lives, and obviously it can put a facade up as well. But those people will be gone. So ultimately, I think that uh, the people that are legit, the people that are doing it right, they'll be around a long time. And I'm grateful for social media to unveil that process. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, so what's the, uh, what's the best Instagram handle for them to look you up on? Nicholas Barely. And that's B-A-Y-E-R-L-E. For those of you guys who want to check out what Nicholas is up to, uh, Billion Dollar Brotherhood is making a huge difference um, in a lot of guys' lives, helping them uh, become three-dimensional businessmen, uh, figure out how to have it all, the money, the relationship, the spirituality, the fitness, all the things that are really important uh, to live a really fulfilling life. I love the work you're doing, Nicholas. It's really been great having you on the show. Uh, obviously, I'm very apologetic for Dean, uh, just on so many levels. I bought the conversation today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> except he did He did have one redeeming remark towards the end of the show. And uh, for that... I mean, sometimes I only have to say one thing to make it worthwhile. And there you got it today. Yeah. He has these moments of brilliance, um, followed by long periods of silence. <laughs> Um, which is, uh, which is amazing. So anyway, thank you for being here, Nicholas. Uh, we appreciate you guys as our listeners and we look forward to continuing, uh, the show and bringing you amazing guests and content. If you guys are enjoying this, make sure you subscribe, tell your friends about it, and we will talk to you guys next time. Later. Thanks for tuning in to just the tips where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.